This is the Geek Therapy Podcast. Join Lara Taylor and me, Josue Cardona, as we celebrate how geek culture is saving the world. Currently, we're focusing on a geek therapy library. The library is designed to help fans communicate through their favorite movies, books, and games. It's a resource for therapists, teachers, and parents to find a way to work with or talk about important things through awesome content. Welcome to the show. So I do just want to start off by saying that I'm not going to talk about La La Land on the show, even though we just had a long discussion about it. <laughs> because, not only because it's super personal, that's not the problem, right, is right. I just discussed it on the Geek Therapy podcast on an, an interview I did that I'll put out in a few weeks. So no need to repeat the story here. Okay. Plus, it'll give people more time to watch it because I'm essentially going to spoil it. Right, right. Give them at least to the Oscars, right? Yeah, yeah. Oscar buzz, more people will watch it. So, but def- definitely watch it, I think. I, I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, so so what do you have for us this week, Lara? What What do I have? I actually, mm-hmm. I actually have stuff this week. Oh, my gosh. Um, first... I have, and I've been reading an issue of, well, I've been reading Wonder Woman, uh, the rebirth, uh, new stuff by Greg Rucka. And Mm -hmm. there was one issue that I was just like, oh, this is great. Um, and it's issue 13 of Wonder Woman rebirth. Look at me being all specific. Yeah. So happy. It's called Angel Down and it's between... Because there's two runs of Rebirth. The odd numbers are current times and the even numbers are year one, which takes place like 10 years before. So this one is between the part that's going to be called The Lies and I think the next one is The Truth. I could be wrong. That sounds about right. I think it, yeah, it's called The Truth. Um, So this one's Angel Down. And it's all about, and this isn't even the part that I really liked about it, um, but it's all about Wonder Woman realizes, and this is going to be spoilers, um, she realizes when she goes back to Themyscira that it's never was actually, what she thought was Themyscira when she had been going home, never was Themyscira, her home. And so it like causes this like mental breakdown, and she... I need to see a little more to to understand and, and see how I feel about the portrayal of her mental breakdown. Because um, she just kind of like goes into her, she's in her head and just doesn't like, she doesn't respond as quickly. She's not herself. Um, and she, So it's like paralysis by dissonance? Yeah, like, basically <laughs> like she just shuts down and it's this, this dissociative state. Um, and... Uh, Steve Trevor will be there trying to talk to her and she'll just call him her survivor. And she kind of, um, it's almost like she's in the past with him and doesn't realize what's going on currently. Um, And she gets manipulated into things in this issue, which I'm really excited. Um, I love Greg Rucka's writing. Um, I've really enjoyed this run. But the part that really got me excited to read was... um, Steve Trevor, basically, there's there's thought boxes throughout the whole issue, um, and it's him writing her a letter for when she snaps out of it um, and is able to read and understand what's going on again. Huh. 
and you don't know that through the whole thing, but um, he talks about how they know each other really well. We've talked about all these things over the years, but we never really talked about war. That's what he says. Um, we don't talk about the fear. And he says, uh, I don't mean the fear in the moment. I don't think either of us feels that, to be honest. Like, they don't feel fear when they're fighting. But he talks about our lives in each of their own ways have been about mastering fear and being able to act without fear. But he's t he says he's talking about something different, and this is about different <clears throat> layers of fear, which is this whole, like, I didn't, it, it messed with my head, like, all these different layers of fear. The fear that comes before the fight and after the fight. It's not the fear of death or him dying, but the fear of loss and the fear of losing what he loves and all that he has in the future. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that brought me back to a discussion I had in one of my classes in grad school talking about phobias and how... What you're afraid of isn't necessarily what you're really afraid of. Like, you can be deathly afraid of bridges um, and have a phobia of going over bridges, but you're not really scared of the bridges. You're scared of the thought of falling off the bridge and dying or getting hurt or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that uh, that issue just, like, made me think about, like, what are you really scared of? Like, and he's he's not, I mean, he's... He's in war all the time, and yeah, he his his ultimate fear isn't death, like I in the in the bridge example I was talking about. It's about losing everything around him, and that was just really powerful to me. Um, in my training, also there was there's a, a talk of meta emotions, right? So the idea that you're not afraid of the thing, you're afraid of be sometimes sometimes we're just afraid of being afraid, or we're mm -hmm. afraid of being angry. Because of what it, what would happen if we were afraid or what would happen if we were angry. And that made so much sense to me at the time. And I, I've been able to see that and to help clients realize that sometimes has been incredibly, incredibly beneficial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. And with the kids I work with, there's a lot of anger around there. And with kids especially, any emotion comes out as anger. You could be scared, and that's anger. You could be happy, and it comes out as anger. And I do a lot of work with them talking about, you seemed really angry in that situation. Like, you just threw something at someone for asking you to do something. What are you really angry at? It's not necessarily them asking you to clean your room. It might be a court date you just had, or being scared that you're not going to see your parents again. Um, yeah. That kind of thing. So there's what's under that. <laughs> yeah. And when you say comes out, I mean, I think like what you're saying is it displays as, right? Like it's right. visible to people on the outside as it looks like you're angry, but really that's probably not the best way to describe it. Right. Right. Again, in, in my training, the, the simplest way that they explained or that we explain anger is simply a disagreement with how things are. <laughs> That's a good way to put that. Yeah, like you didn't want things that, like things aren't exactly the way you want them to be, so you feel something about it. And usually that displays as what we what we consider anger. 
Yeah. yeah. I think of a, a diagram one of my professors drew for me, which was like a funnel. And then on the top of the funnel, you had all these emotions and he labeled it with um, what's felt inside. And then at the bottom of the funnel, there was anger. And he wrote, you know, outward present presentation kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. Or like showing the difference between feelings and behavior. Yes. Um, that kind of thing. And I do yeah. a lot of work with that, with breaking down thoughts versus feelings versus behavior. Because some kids and adults don't know the difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or how it's they internal, affect each other. External. Yeah. 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 So. But that was, a, yeah, that was a really powerful issue, which is interesting because um, when I was going back to look at the different issues I read, I thought it was in a different one. And because the rest of that issue wasn't as um, important to me, but that that dialogue from Steve Trevor talking about fear and what it means to him was was pretty powerful. Man, I need to I need to read some more DC. Yeah, you I've do. Gone almost, Rebirth is so good. <laughs> I know. I've gone almost completely um, Marvel, and I miss DC. I prefer mm-hmm. DC. <laughs> See, and I'm the other way. But I, I felt intimidated by trying to get into DC Comics, and now mm. that they've done Rebirth, it's been a good, on, a good jumping on point. Yeah, um, I mean that's what I did with the New Fifty Two. I was so excited. I bought mm. like fifteen different number ones. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we we bought a lot of number ones when Rebirth came out. And there's still yeah. more number ones, I think, coming out. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, there there definitely is. Batwoman is coming out again. And it's being written, I believe, by a queer writer. But, uh, but she – so right now she doesn't have a solo show uh, – solo show. Solo, solo book. book. She's only no, in she's Detective? In de- she's only in Detective. Gotcha. And the writer for Detective Comics – and the writer for the new Batwoman series um, are doing either a single issue or a couple or an arc together. And then she's going to have her standalone uh, series again. And it's being taken on by, like I said, I I believe she's a queer writer. Um, that was one of my favorite books until the whole marriage thing. Yep. And then it got really weird. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. All, I stopped reading it about that. after J.H. Williams and uh, why can't I think of the other name? I'm having a total brain fart. But when they left the book, yeah, I stopped reading yeah. it. Yeah. Good times. I tried. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really excited for that to come out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's such a great character. Like going back, if you read 52 – you know, the original series that she appeared, oh, that's so great. I like it. I like it a lot. The other thing that I, I really was excited about this week, which you watched too, was Powerless. Yes. Ah, uh, it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. What did you like about Powerless? Well, first off, what is Powerless, right? Um, yes. So NBC, it's a show on NBC. DC is is producing this show. It is about people in the DC universe who do not have superpowers. Um, And originally when this show was pitched, I heard that it was about an insurance company and and what people who worked at the insurance company, uh, what their daily lives were like when, you know, Superman flies through a building and how do you deal with insurance claims on that? Um, But that's not exactly 
what it's about. And I can't even, re- even remember the main character's name other than I think her first name is Emily. Played by Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So good. So good. And she's working for, what is it, Wayne Securities? Yep. Uh, where they got to come up with um, different ways to deal with, to help the average person uh, deal with problems that come along with superheroes and um, and supervillains. Yeah. Um, and her job is to come in and try to save this company from going under or this part of Wayne Enterprises from shutting down by coming yeah. up with the next big idea. Yeah, she's the head of R&D. Right. For 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 Wayne Securities. Even she's though she knows nothing one. about R&D, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure what her background was actually now that I think about it. Uh, I don't remember other than I think she's good. She's taken I think it was something about leadership courses or whatever. Like she she learned how to be a leader. Yeah. Like a, she may be just a business um, graduate, right? Which, right. Which she should be able to manage um, a team and, and help out the company. Right, right. She's very optimistic. <laughs> yes, she is. Um, and right off the bat, I actually started taking notes on the episode. Um, I, I'm I so happy t- today. I, I never take <laughs> notes. I never take notes. Although once I grabbed my book to take notes, I wrote down the things that I saw in the first couple of minutes and then there was nothing else for me to write down the rest of the time because I was just laughing at the jokes the rest of the time. <laughs> um, but there were a couple of things that were, I, I really liked and a couple of ideas. The intro uh, for the, for the credits, it I is, thought it was brilliant. It is incredible. I went back, I, I, I played it back for my girlfriend. I was like, you have to see, you have to see how smart this is. It was so great. It's like that you don't need to explain what the show is, right? Right. You just right. show that. Oh, and then, uh, right, so if you haven't seen it, it's these iconic um, covers and scenes from like different super, comic books. Like Action Comics number, number one. one that has yeah. Superman lifting the car over his head, right? And it focuses on the woman in the background. Yeah, it zooms in and it says, oh, the woman in the background? And then those are the credits. So it's like, oh, Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> right, right. And they did the same thing with like the, the Batman comics. and, mm-hmm. and A Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so smart. Oh, it is good. Just Plus, showing that the focus is not on the, the crazy big superheroes. It's on the average Joe. But it, it's also, it also shows you that it is in that world. Right. So, I mean, if you're showing Superman and Batman and Green Lantern – in the opening credits, then there should be no reason why you why you would do stupid stuff like you do in the Arrowverse, where you don't you can't mention right. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, you can't even talk about certain characters. I'm, I'm well, glad obviously that that's out they're the going to mention Batman because they, they work for yeah, yeah. Wayne Enterprises. Well, again, basically, we see him in the opening credits, so there's yep. no reason not to. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and they do mention him at the end. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the and they mention Bruce Wayne several times. Many times. Many times. B dubs. Yep. His cuz bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, Alan Tudyk, thank you. Yeah. No, so but good. that was like the the big like oh it was so great. I was like, yeah, this I was on board brilliant. from that moment from the from the opening. Yeah. But then there were other things like I mean it is the focus on the average person. So it's like um there were I think her dad 
quoted saying something like, you don't need to have superpowers to accomplish great things. Yeah. And that's important in that world. Like, even in our world, it's important to know that you don't need to have superpowers to do great things. But in their world, it's even more important. Um, Because there are people that, you know, can go faster than a speeding bullet and catch somebody falling off a building or whatever. But even the average person's actions have impact um, in their world. Yeah. Um, And you can kind of get overshadowed uh, with all these, you know, dudes lifting cars over their heads and, (laughs) and all that. Um, So that was really cool. Yeah. Something I appreciated from the beginning, which uh, not not for any um, like value for anything that that we would do with it, but I really appreciated how everybody was so jaded on oh, the train. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> She's yeah. like, "Are you guys seeing this? This doesn't happen every day. That it literally happens every day." Right, right. <laughs> we're oh. playing DS. We're playing. <laughs> we're, we don't care. <laughs> Which is kind of yeah. like uh, you can make allusions to like being desensitized. Duh, I can talk desensitized to like community violence. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. I mean, there are plenty of people who live in situations where you hear gunshots every day. Um, and it's not uncommon for the cops to be around all the time. So I could yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. There's real world connections there. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I take it back. <laughs> you take it back. But it was really funny because, like, <laughs> I, we don't see that every day. And apparently no. she lives in a world where people see that every day and somehow she didn't see it every day. Well, that's like I live in New York City and sometimes movie stars will be on the subway. That's true. And nobody's swarming them. You know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> depends on the depends it on depends, the star. It depends it depends on the star. Yeah. It depends on the star. Beyonce don't take the subway. That's true. Yeah. Kate McKinnon does. I know she yeah. does because somebody yeah. posted on Facebook <laughs> that they were with her right after the election. <laughs> yeah. And and thanked her for her portrayal of Hillary Clinton. Uh, Kate McKinnon. She's a winner. Yeah. I would thank her for her portrayal of Kelly on Counterway. Oh, that but, too. Uh, yeah. Oh, that too. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. And Susan B. Anthony. Mm-hmm. And Betsy DeVos, and she's just she's a she's a one woman like machine right there on SNL. Do you think of the everybody? I mean, do you, if I feel like there's always one or two people that every other cast member must hate. Maybe it's her. Yeah, now it's her. <laughs> oh, oh, that's sad. We love her. I definitely love yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. Back to powerless. <laughs> <laughs> what else was there? You took notes. I took notes. I'm looking over my notes. Oh, I love the slogan for Wayne Security, bringing power to the powerless. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I in general, I Okay, so so the I, when I first heard about powerless, I I really I love the idea of visiting that world from a different perspective. Again, from the 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 common folk, the people on the ground. And it's a different way. It's a fun way. I mean, the show is a comedy, right? Right. But it's doing the same thing that, in many ways, the the Nolan trilogy did, right? It was like we're gonna have a realistic, gritty, um, 
you know, grounded Batman, mm-hmm. right? And then also the thing that happened in 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 the current um, movie universe, which is that Superman is doing stuff and people are being affected by it, right? And but there, it's doing it in in a much more serious and realistic way, right? Yeah. And it, but it's something that I do think about. It's like I think. I liked all those articles that came out saying how irresponsible it was, you know, for superheroes to be doing something. Like, how much would that cost if that happened for real in our world, not only in terms of, of money uh, mm-hmm. and property damage, but also the cost of life that would happen if an event like that took place in, in the real world? I like that that look at that world. It's It's interesting that in, like, the last, what, few years, um, ever since... Uh, what was the the Avengers uh, Age of Ultron? Since mm-hmm. then, there's been a lot of commentary about the that, effect yeah. in in DC and in Marvel about the effect of what these superheroes do on the average person. I mean, there was the the moment in um, in Civil War where the woman um, confronts uh, Tony Stark about her son's death um, at Sokovia. So that's a big thing right now. I mean, Um, if you go all the way back to the first Avengers, right? Like, yeah, even then (laughs) the city is being destroyed. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, And then, and we're cheering when the Hulk is tearing a building down (laughs) as he's sliding down. And, and I like, I always like how people in those buildings. Yeah. And I liked how it seemed like the DC universe was, um, Especially, I mean, in Batman vs. Superman, it's so, again, they take it to the extreme where they're like, you know what? You need to be held accountable. We're right. going to have a hearing and well, something has to be done about this. And, I mean, I like the way that both universes touch that topic. The idea of the UN stepping in and saying, you guys can't just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, I again I like that this is a very f- powerless is a very fun <laughs> right it's hilarious and funny way of exploring that yeah because I think I think if it, further to further that commentary it is ridiculous right that these movies keep getting bigger and bigger and taking it to that extreme I mean with Infinity War again it's going to could... be in space right there's going to be space stuff and they're probably going to blow up a planet a la Star Wars like. In the original, in the original um, comic book of the of the Infinity Gauntlet, Thanos once he has all the gems, mm-hmm. he actually just um, ceases. I think he removes half of the people from Earth from existence. <laughs> he just they just disappear in the blink of an eye. That's that's something. Mm-hmm. And in the comic book, they explore that because a lot of the heroes actually just disappear. They just they no longer mm-hmm. exist, and so. You know, what are we are we going to do something like that? We're just going to blow up, you know, half the planet, right? What are we doing? <laughs> and I mean, when you look at those things, you can definitely have a moral argument about like why superheroes need to do like yes, there's this damage, but if they hadn't done anything, there could have been a lot more. Um, yeah. But I mean, in in Man of Steel, Superman was going through like the center of the planet, and like I I don't know that could have destroyed the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff there. I mean, I care about that stuff. I have, you know, heard people argue the contrary. It's like, get your realism out of my fantasy world. 
But it's just fun here. to think about, I think, from my perspective. Yes, yes, that's that's how I feel about it. Like, I want to explore that. And if you don't like, like it, don't watch it. Uh, <laughs> there's this there's this uh, comic book series called, the I think it's Gotham Central, mm-hmm. right? And it is... Yeah. Like that is what I I thought Gotham was going to be, and I, I still what, wish they would do that. That's what Nina thought Gotham was going to be. Yeah, too. and it's imagine the police force in Gotham City in a world where it's full of supervillains and Batman, and but you're just cops. You know, I mean, yeah. you're normal cops dealing with that stuff day in and day out, and you're solving some of those crimes. I really, I mean, I like that. Powers does something like that. Like that's a they made that into a TV show, and mm-hmm. they have a a division. That is in charge of of dealing with crimes that are associated with with superheroes or super powered individuals. Mm-hmm. I like that. I love that stuff. Give yeah. me. I, I'm, I just want the world building. I want. I want every nook and cranny. Let me. Let me pick and choose. This is why. This is why companies like Disney do all the. Di- they're making all these movies for Star Wars. People want that world building. Yeah. Um, and, oh, absolutely. And to know what's going on. In every little bit. And that's why novels, like for World of Warcraft and Magic the Gathering and Star Wars and Star Trek and all those, and Dungeons and Dragons, that's, it's all about finding out what the average person is like, or the special people and, and their friends. And, yeah. um, but you gotta yeah. build, flesh out the world. It makes it yeah. more fun yeah. and real. And this is like, I told you I needed some more comedy in my life, and this will motivate me to watch some comedy. <laughs> um, uh, ironically, the I mean, Marvel and Disney are doing are are really good at world building. Yes, DC not so much because <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotham doesn't exist in the same world as anything else, right? And neither does, does this series. Right. So even if we have a Superman, it'll be a different Superman. The closest you got is Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Legends. Yeah. No, I mean, and they're, they're at least, they acknowledge a multiverse. Mm-hmm. So they're popping in and out of different worlds. And, and it's funny how they've established that. They've actually set it up so that potentially any other of, of these other worlds could exist as a multiverse. Right. But Didn't they, haven't they include that to... uh, Vixen 2D animated show in it? Well, that is, that, that show is part of the Arrowverse. Right, right. The same character has been on the show. Like there's yeah. two versions of Vixen on the show, but they, but for example, like they they showed that the original Flash series is a multiverse of mm-hmm. of of this, you know, and then Supergirl is in a parallel world, so they could like my dream is that they'll have Smallville, like a Smallville crossover, <laughs> they'll bring some of the characters back as a parallel world. I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll, to, they'll, to, they'll do all death. that that slash stuff. Come on, I they did. Yeah. They did Young Justice, Teen Titans Go crossover. Yes, um, <laughs> and there's a uh, Lumberjanes Gotham Academy comic book crossover. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but again, like not as tough as canon. Getting back to Powerless, it doesn't. It exists in its own world, but it's again, it's it's just a lot of fun. I like to see that. I like to see. How like you see you get a sample of the thought process, right? Like when when she allows them to pitch her ideas. Oh like my gosh, the kryptonite glass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So one character pitches this glass that would um cover buildings so that Superman can no longer would no longer crash into them. Uh, into these buildings, I, I think they they mentioned like what is the number one fear uh, of death 
Like the number one reason that people are afraid to die or the number one cause of death, I think the it was, work, right? The number one workplace death is Superman uh, in, going in, through in your office building. Your office building. <laughs> <laughs> so they make these uh, this uh, kryptonite glass to just like be the windows. And but it's it was so funny. She's like, "What happens if the people inside the building need help?" <laughs> I just oh. think about like, yeah, he hits the kryptonite and then he slides down the building and like is too weak and he dies or something. Like, uh, it, there's so many, um, so many things. So yeah, many but they're things. they're trying to they're trying to figure it out. Yep, it was good. Was there, were there any the, other notes? The, uh, I think the only other note I had was a similar thing to what I said earlier about the um, the you don't need to have superpowers to accomplish great things. And it was something that she said about, um, or I think her dad said it too, um, that in your own small way, what you do changes lives every day. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people can, can relate to that and, and try and... Get some hope from that. There's another two subtle things that I, I kind of saw. One is that even though you have all these supervillains in the world, this team of, of regular people were able to come up with a solution to help combat this one villain. And Batman stole the idea. Well, well. so so <laughs> before that, right? Before that, um, the, the team, like it's just regular people. They, they helped reduce crime. They helped, you know, like strengthen numbers, like stand up yeah. is essentially what I'm saying. The other part is that regular people can also help people like Batman. Right? Mm-hmm. He did He did steal their, their device. He was very excited when he heard about it because, and this is something that I really like that has happened in the Batman comics over the past, maybe, I guess, 10 years at this point. But he has this revelation. It wasn't 10 years ago. It was, it was more recent, maybe six years, when he he had that time traveling period, right? Uh, right after, oh, what was that? Infinite Crisis. I think it was at the end of Infinite Crisis. Anyway, when he comes back, he comes back with this revelation that, oh yeah, I can't, I really can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. I am better with all of you, like the Bat Family, and more. He then takes that idea to the extreme, and he does Batman Incorporated. That's around that 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 time. But I love that. That Batman, which is I don't have to do things alone, and I and the world is better off if we work together. Okay. Which also is extended to Justice League in the movie universe, where essentially it's Batman who is, according to the only footage we've seen, he's going out recruiting everybody. So so very different from Lego Batman, who says I don't need <laughs> friends, I, I don't have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to watch Lego Batman. Uh. I was playing uh, a couple months ago, playing some of the Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham, and it was yeah. the the whole, you don't need friends, you don't need, you don't, I don't have feelings, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Very, uh, see, on the one hand, it's hilarious. On the other hand, that's what kids see of Batman, and I don't know. So you I'm know, a little also, worried about that, but um, it's hilarious. And you know that that version of Lego Batman is different than the version in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And this... they meet in Lego Dimensions. Oh my god! I need to. Yeah. I need to. It's it's the opening of the game. Oh. They both meet each other. Oh, you have to. <laughs> it's so good. Why have? How many months have you had this game for? I don't have time for anything, Josue. <laughs> Actually, to, be, to be fair, that game just to set up the the portal uh-huh. will take you about an hour. 
Yeah. It's a see, lot of pieces. So so when I when I have some room and I don't have piles of things everywhere, I will have a place to spread out and build my portal and play some dimensions. I'm hearing so many excuses. Damn it. I'm I'm debating that that level pack, the, mm-hmm. the Lego movie level pack. Yeah. You can change the portal to a bat symbol. Oh, oh man. Okay. I'm gonna have to get that. I don't, I wonder if it reflects that in the game. Yeah. No, that is that has got to be officially the most expensive game in history. But it's also Legos. I know, but uh, yes, true. But and every Legos level are pack expensive like, too. <laughs> this is true. This so is you're true. getting a discount because you're getting game and Legos in the same. I think I remember reading that when the game first came out. Now there's way more, but when the game first came out, just to buy the game and every single add-on was about seven hundred dollars. Mm, that's. That's a lot. That's a lot, <laughs> but my Lego Millennium Falcon was $150 in and of itself. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Legos are deceivingly expensive. I'm just saying. No, not deceivingly. Just walk into a Lego store. Well, no, but enough. you look at – they put the price on the back of the box so you don't know what the price is until you're like, oh, you're like, oh, this is really cool. This is probably like 40 50 bucks. $100? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> deceivingly yeah. expensive but you should I be guess. prepared for it if you know your legos yeah <laughs> okay so anything else that is all i've got okay i'm gonna take back something i said before i do have a la la land uh <gasps> note <laughs> and uh this this one i'm not gonna the more the time story. i spend with you talking and doing these podcasts the more of your mannerisms i take on it's really creepy. really <laughs> they're like oh <gasps> I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> so the the one thing I do want to talk about is that there is a scene in the movie, or just in general, one of the main characters, uh, the Sebastian played by Ryan Gosling, he is such a a jazz geek. He loves jazz, and it's funny because he it's it's in present time, but he dresses like if he were living many decades ago, and he drives a very old car, and he loves jazz. But the, from the trailers, form, I thought it was like. An old so did I movie, yeah. But it really is like just a, him. A period piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's just cosplaying <laughs> oh a time gosh. traveler the entire the entire movie. He's Doctor Who. <laughs> he is kind of kind of. Um, so he's such a, a jazz geek, and there's this, you know, <laughs> he jokes about like how he couldn't be with someone who didn't like jazz, and when and she tells him. Like, I don't – I just want to tell you, like, I don't like jazz. And he freaks out. And he immediately wants – he's like, but what What do you – what do you mean? That's just a, such a blanket statement. You don't – how do you know? Do you really – have you really tried to listen to jazz? Come on. Mm-hmm. What are you doing right now? So he takes her to a jazz club and starts teaching her the history. And it is something – I don't know if you've ever done that, but I've done that. Or I'm like, what do you mean you don't like sci-fi? That's just such a blanket statement. I'm sure I can prove that you like sci-fi. Come on, wait, wait a minute. Tell me what you what what have you watched? What do you read? Okay, this that's sci-fi. That has sci-fi in it. That's all sci-fi. I've <laughs> had just, that happen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To you or or, or oh, to me, to me. Oh, okay, yeah. I like sci-fi, but it it depends. But in general. I'm not a sci-fi person. How can you say that? That's just such a blanket statement. Except it's not because I said I do like sci-fi, but like there's a qualifier on it. Like I like Star Wars and I like Star Trek, but I never got into Battlestar Galactica or I didn't like Dune. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I I'm know. not having this argument with you. You're a Star Wars <laughs> fanatic, but you know, you know like, but, know, but, like, but it was explained to me like it's space. Like Star Wars is space fantasy. I play Destiny because it's no, like uh-huh. it's like wizards and stuff in science in sci-fi. So that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I'm not saying to identify as a sci-fi person. I'm just saying. So no, there saying are that you don't like. like sci-fi is just a blanket statement. It is. Oh, I did like Starship Troopers, so I guess it is a lie. It is a blanket <laughs> statement if you say you don't like sci-fi. <gasps> so in La La Land, it is hilarious to see him like struggling with not flipping over a table. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. just keep it in because he loves jazz so, so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, that I I really liked his character. Okay, that's my La La Land note. I did I did write that one down. That's your La La Land note. Yep. And then the other thing I watched this week was I started watching the sci-fi series The Magicians. You you texted me about that. I did. Whoa. So in the first half hour of the first episode, essentially the show starts off. Now this is okay. The show does some things well and other things. I don't know, but there's so definitely well. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of conversations to be had here because the show starts off with the main character, Quentin, in a mental clinic. And they're talking about his release or not. And you don't really know why he's he's there. And then um, actually, this is like the first scene of the show. She, she the, the doctor who's who's talking to him about his release um, she says, you know, and I, I quote you, you said that the feeling you said, I don't remember exact words. It was like you weren't eating well, you weren't sleeping well, you didn't want to leave your home. And you said that the feeling of not belonging anywhere was overwhelming. So I was like, whoa, yeah, nope, that that is that's definitely a conversation starter. It yep. doesn't show any of the symptoms of depression, but mm-hmm. obviously she's she's alluding to them. And then you start seeing him in social situations where he – it's funny. He is like a magic geek. So he – someone tells him like, oh, you do card tricks? And he's like, card tricks? What do you mean card tricks? Like this is – you know, and it, like it was insulting to him. Um, his his social his social skills uh, were definitely lacking. But you could see that he, he didn't know how to, how to act in social situations and he did not feel like he fit in. He definitely did not fit in. And later on, I mean, even though he seems to have friends, later on he does have a conversation with one of his friends where he says, you know, you completely discard everything that I like. He he likes to do magic tricks. He likes to read fantasy novels. And so many times just over and over again, people tell him that those are kids' books. And to oh, him, this is I like – no, oh, I know you hate that. I and hate he, that. <laughs> and there's this really, this really sad part where he's talking to his friend and he says, you know, you got me into this. Like you were the one. I started doing magic tricks. I started working harder on my magic tricks to keep up with you. And then like you started, like you like boys all of a sudden. And now, and then you didn't care about that. And I was left all alone. And you've always treated my, my the things that I like, like if they were kid stuff. And, oh, man, I mean, just a lot to relate to there. And in, and something that, you know, I've seen so much in my clients, just so much in kids in general and adults, mm-hmm. too. And you adults. know, it sucks. I mean, this is kind of our rallying cry, right? Like, it's not it's not kid stuff. If, no. If, if you like it, 
I mean, that if it doesn't matter to you that I care about it, I think that's a problem. You know, that right. doesn't feel good. You can you can not like something. That's fine. Don't make me try to feel bad for liking something. Yeah. Yeah. So so the 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 guy Quentin, he's struggled with this for years. And it seems like to the point where he is, you know, again, I'll say that quote again because it really it really hit me. The feeling of not belonging anywhere was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise. There's essentially a wiz- a wizarding world <laughs> here, right? It it's um there is like and and I think it's accurate the description that it's a combination of Harry Potter and Narnia. Okay. At, at least at at least at the beginning. And it's a ma- it's actually a graduate level um magician school. It's not a kids <laughs> Okay, level. so it's not Hogwarts. It's like if you graduated yeah. from Hogwarts and went to college or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is graduate school. It's a, it's a three-year graduate program. It's pretty crazy. Um, it's pretty cool. But then they do this test and they and they try to see like if they do magic. And he is like he doesn't understand what's happening. Like how can this? He doesn't. He didn't know the magic was real. And then they test him and he he can absolutely do magic. And he realizes that he's been doing magic for years and he thought he was just doing tricks, hmm. um, magic tricks, <laughs> and the. When when he gets accepted, the he he tells the the dean Quentin tells the dean he says you know I've been I've been taking medication for a long time like how can I how does that work here like where do, how can I how can we take care of that and the dean tells him Quentin you haven't been depressed you've been alone and you're not crazy you are angry. Everybody medicates one way or another. Here, we hope you won't have to. <gasps> That's brilliant. Because he's finally where he belongs. Like, he he was literally a magical person, right? And he lived in a world where not only did, I mean, he didn't know it was real either, but it was completely, um, it was seen as childish and something that was, even just the idea of doing magic tricks which, again, weren't real magic. And the idea of liking fantasy was something mm-hmm. that he, his entire life he was ridiculed for. And now he's in a place where he, it's not only celebrated, but it's, it's actually taken so seriously that it's an intensive three-year program. <laughs> right. It is, it is the entire opposite extreme. It is the ultimate validation. Yes. Yeah. There's still a little bit of the, like, why do you like fantasy so much? You know, like, those are kids' books. But he still loves... Um, the books. So that's just like the first half hour of the show. That's just the first half hour of the first episode. So I really like what they did. I really like the relationships that that it formed there. I like the way that it is absolutely an R-rated Harry Potter-esque thing. You know, the themes are adult. The, The people are young, but they're absolutely, you know, they curse. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the stakes seem very high. There's some scary stuff going on. The magic is cool. I am a fan. I've seen a couple episodes now. But absolutely, I mean, the themes continue throughout. But that first episode was just really, really good. Oh, and um, one thing, I, I, I don't know if I'll, uh, how, how many more episodes I'll watch, you know, so much time. But one of the things that I really liked is that they, the way, the, you know how in Harry Potter they choose the houses? Right. In this one, they're put into essentially what would be a concentration. 
Okay, and they're so like different tracks kind of thing. Yes, yes. And they're based on their skills, on their abilities. And a lot of these people have never been able to understand what they're good at. And the school is helping them to understand that and define what they're good at so that they can then essentially strengths-based, right? right? They're looking right. for their strengths so they can build them up. So they go through these tests to to see what they would actually be good at. And and that's a whole other layer uh, that's really interesting in the show because then there's this division among them about how, oh, like the psychic kids are super weird and then there's these who who are okay and the party animals are the the ones who do this type of magic. And and it's really cool to see how they either accept or or kind of you know um, resist what their what their strengths are and what they're where they're being told that they can develop. A lot of good stuff um, in the show. I I'm really liking it so far. I think there's one season out. It's on Netflix now, and then the second season just started or is about to start on what? Sci-Fi. Yeah. Okay. Get your Netflix on. It's pretty good. <laughs> At least again, I just have that first a list. episode. Oh, but yeah. Well, one thing I'm doing now is that I'm I'm doing a lot, just like I mentioned that in DC, I, I'll I'll buy a whole bunch of number ones just to kind of see what's happening. Right. I I've been trying to do that more with TV, where I'll, I'll watch the first episode of a few different things because those first episodes usually those origin stories are always really good. You know. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's a lot of there. content in that. Yeah. So so I'm liking, you know, I'm I'm going through I didn't expect to continue to watch Magicians, but I I really like it. <laughs> I really really like it. And um speaking of number ones, there is one I think there's a new Oh, what's the character's name? Is it Is it Miss America in in Marvel? Is that her name? I don't know. I have is it not Lady heard of America. Any... She's a Mexican-American. Oh. Um, superhero. I've heard nothing about this chick. What? Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me look it up. Because, and then, so, okay. So the author is, okay, Julia Takes a Breath is a book by Gabby Rivera. And then mm. the cover, I I bought the book earlier because I, I, I was very excited, but I thought it was a comic and it's actually a novel. <sighs> um, doesn't mean I won't read it. Of course. Um, and it says it's it seems to be a coming of age story uh about a it says Juliet has a plan sort of one that's going to help her figure out this whole Puerto Rican lesbian thing so it's <laughs> it's sexual identity it's um hispanic identity in new york and that author Gabby Rivera she's the one that's writing this new comic America Chavez is the character Hmm. And oh, they're just calling it America Number One. I've not written, heard of this. I'm written going. by Gabby Rivera, Joe Quinones, Joe Rivera, Paolo Rivera, and Jose Villarrubia. So it's a full Hispanic, not cast. What do you got? Team, right? And again, they're calling her uh, the the. It's called America, but I forget what her superhero name is. She was in Avengers Academy. Yep, Miss America is the name of the character. She's the newest version of Miss America. And she's been in a few of the team um, books lately. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to have to check this out. Yep. So that's one number one that I want to, I definitely want to check out. Because I don't think, I don't, I mean, there aren't many Hispanic characters who have their own book. Nope, there aren't. So, 
That's kind but of cool. but the the it is a big push now to try and yeah. diversify, um, and I like that it's her like. I do like the idea of some character, like diverse characters taking on the mantle of other characters, but I also like the idea of bringing on a new character with a new, um, with their own and they can stand on their own two feet, their own identity, um, and have their own book. (laughs) She's Mexican, but her name is America. And right? it says America on the cover. <laughs> right. And yes. her I, I looked at a picture. Her colors are like Captain America. Yeah. The yeah, red, yeah. white, and blue. Yep. Again, she's a very old character in terms of not not the America Chavez version of it, but right. um there have been previous versions of, of of Miss America. Yeah. 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 Which probably started as some horrible sidekick for, for Captain America. That used to happen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone forgets about them and then you can bring them back in a new way. Yes. <laughs> I know, but that that's a that's a um a new book that uh I'm very interested in in checking out. When I will I'll report back. Okay, well that's all I got. That's all you got. Yep. That's all I got. All right. Let's get out of here then. <laughs> You just listened to Geek Therapy on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and our other podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. 